Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. Now, I understand we have a guest on. Yes, we do. We have Andy McCarthy, of course, columnist for National Review. He served as assistant U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York. And Andy, uh, first off, uh, did you see this news about the FISA warrants? Like how they had, uh, what was it, almost close to 300,000 unjustified? This is sort of part of all the Durham stuff. Stunning information. Yeah, Rita, I think, though, you know, just to put it in context, I think that's significantly down from some years where they've had, uh, you know, maybe eight times as, as much. I mean, this is a it's too bad that there's so much, um, you know, the abuses that were uncovered with respect to the FISA applications and Russiagate in particular, because this is a problem. And, you know, Pete can speak to this as much as I can, but I think this is a problem that ought to be taken on its own merits because the problem you have here is that the technology that the FBI has and that the NSA has to intercept foreign communications vastly outstrips the technology that they've come up with so far to sift through what they have intercepted so that they only listen to what they're supposed to listen to and only see what they're supposed to see. It's a huge problem. And even people um, who are trying to do this, uh, you know, do counterintelligence uh, in a good faith way have trouble grappling with this because it's more of a technological problem, I think, than a bad faith problem. Yeah, I agree, Andy. I, I don't think there's bad intention in all these things. Pfizer, to me, is really essential. But you're right. One area of technology is not catch up with the other. And uh, to me, Pfizer was very essential in stopping, you know, a number of terrorist uh, And obviously attacks. key for that. Very and, key. Uh, but, it, but you're right, though. The technology got so specific on one way. But again, to counter it, it's, it's not kept up. I don't think the FBI, in most instances, was guilty of any kind of malfeasance. But I think that they should have alerted the Congress, certainly, more to the fact they can't keep up what they were getting in. What about also yeah, a Durham I, report? I mean, it comes on the heels of the Durham report where there's a lot of yeah. lost uh, faith in the FBI, yeah, Andy, sadly. Yeah, but Andy said these are, I think, two separate things for the most part. And uh, Durham was one thing. The other, I think, is good intentions have to be controlled a lot better. Andy, I don't maybe you disagree, but I think it's because uh, Pfizer still is important, but we have to make yeah, sure no, it's no, under I, control. I couldn't agree more. And I think that, you know, what, where we may have to end up with, with FISA. Now, the Durham thing, Rita, is just about guys who abuse their authority Absolutely. in a, in a Absolutely. knowing way, and they, and they kept digging in deeper. With this problem of intelligence collection, I think eventually where we're going to have to go is we've already kind of changed the, uh, the paradigm of, of what um, law enforcement and intelligence investigation used to be. You know, when I was a young prosecutor and all of this technology didn't exist yet, um, you wouldn't be able to acquire somebody's communications without going to the court first, right? So now what they do is they have these broad authorities that let them acquire all this stuff, 
And then they're allowed to search it afterwards. And I think what's going to have to happen eventually is you're going to have to get a court warrant to look at what they've collected. You know, at this point, we've changed the system because in the sense that we're allowing them to collect it first before they really have probable cause that somebody did anything wrong. I, probably, I think it, at that point, you should need to go to a court, at least if you're dealing with an American and show probable cause that you got a good reason Andy, to go through that database. Andy, it's Richard Weinberg. I'll tell you, you, you had an interesting column last week, which really concerned me, which is this false narrative about uh, white supremacy and domestic terrorism, which is an excuse to have all this overreach. What do you say about that? Yeah, well, this is really bad because I think what um, people on Capitol Hill have done on the Democratic side is they are trying to change the laws that define domestic terrorism in a way that they can sculpt a, a political narrative that the most profound threat that the United States faces is domestic white supremacy. And they've even, you know, proposed tinkering with the legal definition of domestic terrorism in a way that would insulate jihadists, which is why some of the Muslim um, Brotherhood affiliated organizations are supportive of this uh, of this legislation. And what we heard when the FBI agents, the whistleblower guys testified last week is that, you know, when I was a when I was a prosecutor, like when we did a terrorism case, I would we would do it in the Southern District of New York. The FBI New York office would handle it. And then they would send out leads, hundreds of them to the rest of the country. Uh, but there was only one case and the rest of it was leads. What they've done with January 6th is they have the case centered in the Washington field office and in the District of Columbia. But instead of telling instead of sending out leads, what they do is they tell them to open new investigations. And that's because they want to be able to tell the public that in 49 different states, we have domestic terrorism slash white supremacy investigations. And in point of fact, it may be like somebody from Minnesota who took a bus to Washington on January 6th and, yeah, you know, tootled through the Capitol, but didn't didn't like hit a police officer or break a window or any of that stuff. And that case is 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 designated in Minnesota. As a domestic so it creates a climate of fear against so-called domestic terrorists, which helps them in their political agenda, Andy. Exactly right. Wow. Well, Andy McCarthy, thank you so much for being with us. We always <laughs> love your perspective. It's always great to have you here, Andy. Thank you. Thanks, Andy. Well, great to talk to you. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.